Just to draw your attention to uh, a number of things uh, this morning. And uh, again, it's, uh, it's all part of our worship. We give thanks, don't we, that we're in a warm church. Okay, it was uh, put on the uh, email that went out that, yeah, put your thermal undies on and what have you. But it uh, wasn't necessary. But we give thanks for a warm church uh, this morning. And it'll be a warm church this evening as well, at 6.30, won't it, Ray? When, <laughs> that's it, you've woken up, that's it. More, more, more than one way, that's it. When, uh, when Ray will be continuing his monthly studies in understanding Paul, that's at 6.30 this evening here at the church. And it's a welcome to anyone who wants to come and to be part of that. Can I also remind you that next week, next Sunday evening, the 18th of uh, March, is the commissioning service at Aldor Road Baptist Church at 6.30 for Nikki Carter, who is the pioneer worker that has been appointed for Hamptons East. And it would be lovely to see many of us there just to support her, encourage her, and to be part of this very significant step. Uh, in Christian witness in that part of, of Hampton. Just remember that there was one day, many years ago now, where people gathered here to commission God's work, to commission what God was going to do here in Bratton. And we are the fruit of that. And we can be part of that very beginning in what God wants to do there on Hampton's East. So, 6.30 next Sunday evening. Uh, Can I remind you of the men's prayer breakfast uh, next Saturday, the 17th of March, 8.30 at church. There's the sign-up sheet out in the entrance hall. Um... Sarah, you just want to come and give a brief notice about what's on the board at the back? Okay, so Community Fair, May the 6th. Hopefully you've still all got that in your diaries. Okay, so it's a chance for you to be able to worship God by serving the community. And so it's now time for you to sign up and say what you would like to do on that Sunday. So um, on the board over there, there is all the different jobs that need doing. Okay, so there's stewarding, there's community makers, there's the tea room. Um, if you want to be part of the Jesus deck, you need to make sure you go to the training though. Face painters, children's craft, uh, children's prayer station games, donkey rides, petting zoo, setting up and taking down. Um, just so you know, the pink ones are for the youth. So we're getting the youth involved, but the pink ones are for the youth, so you can't do uh, those jobs. Um, but um, uh, the yellow ones are for adults. So um, the idea is that you go up there. I know some of you know this already because it's the same as how Ian did it, but... Uh, You choose a job you want to do, take off the yellow post-it note, that's your information of what you need to know about it, put your name and your contact details so that the team leader for that activity can get in contact with you for you know what to do. And the other thing is there's two sign-up sheets out at the front. Uh, One is if you're willing to bake cakes, because we need lots of them, so if you can make sure you sign up for that and make sure that you read the health and safety information as well about it. And the other thing is parking. The car park will be unavailable um, and so if you live in Breton and you have a drive where people who don't live in Breton are able to park if you could sign up and then if you need to be able to park somewhere then you can see the spaces where you're able to park I think that's it okay 
Thank you, Sarah. And uh, obviously, over the coming weeks, we shall hear a little bit more uh, about that. Uh, can I just simply inform you that, yes, we've had some applicants for the position of children's work, and there will be uh, interviews taking place over the next couple of weeks. But also, I just want to raise with you that uh, with Anne com um, coming to the end of her time at, uh, at Easter and stepping down from, from the children's it does mean that we do have a few sort of gaps in the children's, children's ministry over the next few weeks. And so if you feel that you could in any way support the children's ministry on a Sunday morning, we're looking particularly for someone to perhaps help lead the extreme group, uh, and that's uh, years three to six, for those of you who've got that twigged. I'm not quite sure what age groups that is, but it's the older ones there to either help lead or to help support that group, that would be very, very, uh, very, very helpful. Also, on Tuesday evenings, there is a discipleship group. And we are looking for somebody just for probably for a short period, just in a sense to perhaps take the leadership of that. And uh, it's an exciting group because these are young kids who are excited about Jesus. And they just want to learn more about Jesus and they want to come together. If you feel that that could be you, then please, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Uh, it won't be, hopefully, for an extended period of time, but it will be just for a period of time to uh, cover this time of transition. Can I also make you aware that there will be, later on, probably in, in the year, some requests regarding youth work because the news may not have filtered through to everyone that Rachel is expecting, and she's expecting a baby in, in August, and so she will be going on maternity leave uh, in, in, in July. And so we shall be, hopefully, looking for some support in, uh, the, in, in youth ministry. And again, there's lots of exciting opportunities uh, there. And... Uh, if you feel that you can't physically involve yourself, well, you can pray. You can pray. And I just ask you to, to do that, please. Okay. Today is Mothering Sunday. And uh, we, we honour all mothers, but we all honour all ladies amongst us. And we value you uh, tremendously. And at the end of the service, I just want to be giving you just a, a small gift, a, a bunch of daffodils, lovely bright yellow on a cheery grey day, to cheer our spirits, to cheer our hearts. But we honour you this morning. And I just want to read something as part of a prayer, because it's entitled The Wide Spectrum of Mothering. And uh, it just simply brings mothering uh, together in all, its very fa in all its many facets. I don't know about you, but um, at the beginning of our service, when we sang that first song, A Passion for You, I couldn't help but think of James Adams. Now, he won't mean anything to some of you, but he'll mean something to many of us. And... Uh, Elaine Adams is his mother, but James was tragically killed in the attacks in, in London soon after I arrived, almost 13 years ago. That was one of his favourite songs. 
and that was played at his funeral, at his celebration. But it brought back those memories and the recognition that for her, today, yes, is a day that perhaps breaks her heart, that breaks her heart. And so we come and we recognise the wide spectrum of mothering. So let's hear these words, but also as we do so, let's pray. Let's pray. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make it harder than it is. To those who are far to those who are foster mums, mentor mums and spiritual mums, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your mothers, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we remember them and you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who are step-parents, we walk with you in all those on those com complex paths. To those who envisage loving, lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have, em to those who will have emptier nests in the coming year, we, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you, and we support you, and we encourage you. May God's blessing be upon each and every one of you. Amen.
We're going to hear God's word together now, and uh, Marion is going to come and share it with us. So I'm reading from Romans 12, verses 9 to 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not, overcome evil, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. Right, I don't know about you, but uh, just reading that or hearing it being read, I just want to pause and take a deep breath because there's a lot going on in that passage, isn't there? It seems to be sort of a list of instructions, and in one way, perhaps it is. And I guess that as I've come to it this week, and I've found myself coming to it this week in the midst of lots of different situations that are going on around me, lots of different situations that have needed sort of tact and patience and love, and compassion, and, and all those things that are coming through in this, passion, in this passage. So in a sense, that challenge of actually putting it into action. Now I guess, for all of us, in one way or another, if somebody says, well, do you love one another? We'd just simply say, yes, of course we do, we're Christians. We belong to Bretton Baptist Church, and of course everybody at Bretton Baptist Church loves one another. Okay, how do you love one another? How do you show that love? How do you demonstrate that love that is different to the love that is demonstrated across in the Cooper's Pub? Or at any other organisation that meets here in Bratton or in Peterborough? What sets us apart? What sets us apart? Over a period of weeks, we've been looking at our, our strap line. We spent three weeks looking at live for God's glory. And uh, we've been spending now a number of weeks on love one another. And uh, we've been drawing that out, the call to love. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. 
as I have loved you. By this will all men, all people know that you are my disciples. A couple of weeks ago we had Nigel, Nigel Taylor came here and he was speaking very much about the incentive that we have to love. That love is, is God's love for us. And how passionately he explained that and, and shared that with us. The love that God has demonstrated for each and every one of us in Christ Jesus. That love that took him to the cross and to Calvary. To redeem us and to set us free. And to bring us into his presence as children. And how great is the love that the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. And this is what we are. And he spoke within that about the fact that in the passage there in 1 John 4, it speaks that God is love. That if you were to cut God in half, you'd find love. Right there, streaming through his every vein, every part of who he is. Now some people who knew knew him, knew my dad, say that as I get older, I get more and more like him in appearance. But the reality is, I want to get more and more like my Heavenly Father as I grow older and as I mature. But is that our ambition? So how is that demonstrated? How is that seen? That is seen by us becoming a people who love. We so often, don't we, think about this word love And uh, I just put that picture up because I suppose Mother Teresa is one of those people that is held up as somebody who went more than the extra mile, probably the extra hundred miles, you know, there, in demonstrating her, her love to people in positive, active ways of identifying with the poor and the destitute, those on the fringes of society, and putting their needs first before our own. Did you know that when the, the, the sisters there used to be given bags fulls of shoes? And it was always known that Mother Teresa had very deformed feet. And she often hobbled around. Why? Because she used to ferret through those bags of shoes. And she used to find the most ugliest pair of shoes. The most ill-fitting pair of shoes. And she would have them so that no one else needed to. Even if it meant squeezing her feet into them and deforming her feet. Love in action. Putting the needs of others before our own. Love is not a noun to be defined, but a verb to be acted upon. We like to try and define love, don't we? We we like to try. We so often think, well, love is this tingly feeling that comes down our, our backs, this gooey feeling. Yeah, we may have had it when we felt, fell in love with someone many years ago or whatever it is, but we realise that over the period of time that love changes and it becomes an action. We do things for people because we love them. We love them. Love isn't an emotion or sentiment wrapped up in pretty words to make us feel good. It's active. It's intentional. 
It's something we intentionally do. It's, some, it's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we make. I'm just going to stop there because I want to say how good it is to see Dave. I've not seen him. <laughs> He's sitting there in the middle. You all right, Dave? Dave's a clown. Okay. It's been a tough time, hasn't it? But God's been with you. God's been with you and will continue to be with you in your healing. In your healing. But God is good. But God is love. And he calls us to be loving in return. As I've reflected on this passage, I thought, David, you could make the shortest sermon that there's ever been preached. And we could go home. Just do it. Just do it. The shortest sermon ever. Should we sit, sit down and go home? I think one of the problems that we have is that so often we talk about it. And we'll talk about it until the cows come home. But we won't actually do it. Because we want to pin it down. And we want to say, well, love is this. But then God suddenly sort of shatters that idea and he says, no, it's not, it's this. And it's this. And it's this. And if you're like me, you're always wanting to find a get-out cause. You're always wanting to find the reason as to why you shouldn't be more patient with that person or more loving or more kind or more generous. You're always wanting to say, oh no, oh I won't give to them because you don't know quite what they might do with, with the money. When God is just simply saying, give them some money. We're trying to look for a get-out clause. Or am I the only one? I see by the looks of the faces that I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And sometimes I believe that God just simply comes to us and he says, just do it. Just do it. But I can't really give a sermon on three words, can I? But love in action. One of the most beautiful passages in Scripture that there is about love. There. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonour others, so on. One of those passages that are often read at a wedding, and maybe many of us at our weddings have had it read at our weddings. And we see it there as a definition of what love might be, but everything there is active. Everything there is positive. Everything there is something that we have to do. And we have to cultivate and we have to develop within our lives. Let's change it for a moment and those of you in connect groups will have this exercise to do this week if you're following through these notes. And I hope you do it. I realise that sometimes in connect groups when I give an exercise to do, people say, oh no, I won't do that. I much prefer just talking about it. But this exercise is meant to make us stop and think. Fill in the blanks with your name. Because that makes it personal. Put your name in it. See how far you can get without pausing. 
without pausing. David is patient. David is kind. David does not envy. David does not boast. David is not proud. David does not dishonor others. David is not self-seeking. David is not easily angered. And so it goes on. And you know that's all true. Because you know I'm perfect. (laughs) But the reality, the reality of love and what it is and what it means, and yet we're called to love as Christ loves us. And I will tell you that Christ loves you with a patience that you have never known. A patience that goes way, way beyond whatever we're called to. to. God has loved you with such a patience. And God goes on loving you in that way. So what is it? Love in action. Well, it's an attitude to cultivate. Earlier in Romans chapter 12, Paul speaks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. He's entered into a period, a few chapters here at the end of Romans, that are very practical, very down to earth. He's risen to the heights and to the splendours of theology in the earlier chapters. And he's spoken so eloquently about the power of God's love and of how God's love holds us. And now in chapter 12, he enters into a period where he's he's speaking about the practicalities. He's saying, now let's get practical. Now let's get real. What does this mean in everyday life? It means, first of all, that you renew your mind. You change your attitudes. You don't hold on to the attitudes of this world. The attitudes of this world is me, 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 me. You see it all over the way. Every celebrity, every TV programme, in the magazines, wherever you are. It's there, me, me, me. But he says, you get your brain, you get your mind recalibrated. You change the attitudes there. And he's talking about that transformation In Philippians chapter 2, he says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Wow. Wow. We dismiss it, don't we, sometimes? You see these people with those little bangles on their wrists. What would Jesus do? Perhaps they're not as popular nowadays as they used to be. And we think, oh, just a little gimmick. But that should be a question that we ask every moment of the day in every situation in which we come into. What would Jesus do? How can I be Jesus here? How can I be Jesus to this person? We defined agape love a few weeks back as unselfish, sacrificial acts of generous love. That's how we defined it defined it, unselfish, sacrificial acts of generous love. And they are the hallmark of our discipleship. That doesn't come naturally, does it? Hands up if that comes naturally. Because we are not, not we, <coughs> excuse me, because we are not naturally unselfish, are we? 
We're not naturally sacrificial. We're not naturally generous. We put ourselves first. We want to make sure that we're okay first. And we want to hold on to things. But it's an attitude that we need to develop. It's a choice to make. As I read through that passage in Romans 12, there's a choice. There's a choice in every area that is highlighted. And we shall hopefully just quickly go through them. I need to move on. It's a choice that we daily make. How we respond to people. Do you remember blind Bartimaeus? He comes in scripture. He was there isolated. He was ignored. He was on his own, on the side of the road. The crowd dismissed him as a non-entity. Jesus welcomes, includes him, and affirms him, and ultimately heals him. Do you remember the woman caught in adultery? There was a crowd gathered around him, condemning her, humiliating her, treading her down into the dust, because they wanted to be proved right. But Jesus acknowledges, Jesus engages, and Jesus embraces her and gives her a new dignity. There are two choices. Are we with the crowd or are we with Jesus? Where are we? There's no middle ground. We're either one or the other. Now, I acknowledge that we cannot do it with everyone. The question is, are we doing it with someone? We can look around and we can see that there's tremendous need around us. And yet, yes, we cannot meet all that need. We can't meet everybody's situation. But are we doing it with someone and it's an action to take. Choices have to be translated into actions. To simply choose to love means what? Unless it's carried through in action. Unless it's carried through in a definite action. It has to be turned into positive action, active action. Just very quickly, love must be genuine. What the scripture is saying, it must be unhypocritical. Hypocrisy is trying to be on the outside what you are not on the inside. You know what it is. Somebody's criticizing you or somebody's speaking to you and you're smiling nicely and sweetly. But inside, you're hitting back. You're hitting back. The outward appearance is giving the opposite to what you are inside. Needs to be discerning. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. We need to be discerning as to what is going on. 
needs to be loyal, be devoted to one another in love. The word there is not agape, it's the word for brotherly love or sisterly love. It's, it's the word that refers to family affection. Be devoted to one another as you are to those within your own family. Why? Because we're family. We are family. We are the church. And we are the family of God. And so we love with that brotherly, that sisterly affection which comes through in loyalty. Be respectful. In humility, value others above yourself. Paul writes in Philippians. Put others before yourself. Be enthusiastic. Do not become lazy. Serving the Lord. You know, be zeal in your spiritual fervour. Don't become lazy. Yeah, we can think about that. Well, actually, oh yeah, yeah my spiritual fervour is, well, you know, do I raise my hands on a Sunday morning in worship? Do I pray for three hours a day? But just notice what Paul is saying. Never lack, be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour. Serving the Lord. Serving. And it has that very positive, active aspect to it. And it's here within the context of loving one another. Be confidently joyful. Reference to our confidence in our Christian hope. We hope for what we do not yet have. We wait for it patiently. Chapter 8, verse 25, Paul has written earlier on to the church at Romans. Rome. Do we have that confident, joyful expectation and hope? Life might be difficult, but we're on the victory side. Life might be hard, but he will be exalted in all the earth. There will be that day when there will be no more tears, no more crying, no more sickness and no more disease. And God is exalted. Be patient. Be faithful. Be generous. Share there in verse 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Can have two meanings. It can mean to share in people's needs, to come alongside people in their need, or it can mean to share our own resources with them. So there's an element to that that you weep with those who weep. And you enter into their circumstance. Or it might be that, yes, you find, oh yeah, they've got a need, well I can meet that need. Yeah, I can buy them a new washing machine. I can cook a meal for them. I can do that. Be generous. Hospitable. I was reading around a bit this week and realised that there's a difference between hospitality and social entertaining. Many of us are very good at entertaining. 
because entertaining focuses upon the host. The home is spotless. The food is well prepared and it's abundant. And everything is just perfect. Social entertaining. Hospitality focuses upon the guest. Their needs. Their needs. Whether for a place to stay, whether for a meal to eat, a listening ear or acceptance. Entertaining is an event. Hospitality is an attitude. Can I tell you, you can practice hospitality this morning at coffee time by giving someone their att- your attention, by listening to what they have to say, by supporting them, by encouraging them. You can practice hospitality. We're called to be big-hearted. Bless means to cause someone to prosper. Jesus calls us not only to bless, but to pray for those who persecute us. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, we don't live in an age where we're openly persecuted, are we? The pers- but what about the person who always seems to have you in their sight? That person who's always wanting to bring you down. That person that's always wanting to belittle you. That person that's always wanting to criticise you. That person that you want to always avoid. What about them? What does that say to us in that situation? Luke tells us that we should do good to them. We should actively look to do good to them. Bless them. Bless them. Be compassionate. Verse 15. Love never stands detached from other people's joys or pains. Be agreeable. Live in harmony. Paul in Philippians says that we should be like-minded, one in spirit and in purpose. We should be humble, modest, gracious, accepting, trusting, in verse 19. Trusting that God will work it out. Now, we often fall into the trap, don't we? It says there in verse, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. How many of us are guilty at some time or another of taking it into our own hands? Thinking that it's our right to see that justice is done. But we're called to trust God. And we're called to be resolute. This is love in action. It's an attitude It's a choice and it's an action that God calls us to. This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. And Paul isn't saying anything new there. He's just picking up things that Jesus has already said and spoken in the Gospels. One of the claims that was made to the New Testament church was, look how they love one another. Because their love stood out as a shining example. Does our love 
stand out as a shining example to those around us? When was the last time somebody came up to you and said, you know, I've noticed that you're so generous, you're so loving, you're so patient with people. You know, you never, you never retaliate. You're always seeing the good in people. What is it? Why is it? And you say, because it's my love. Because God first loved me. And I'm called to love in return. May God make us a people who love one another in the way that others will know that we are his disciples. Amen. Richard, let's... Um, we're just going to come to a final act of, of worship. And uh, as we do that, I'm just going to come round and I'm just going to give each lady a bunch of flowers. Because I want to just say to you this morning, we honour you. We honour you. If there's another gentleman, just one more gentleman that would like to come and join me in that and just distribute these, these, uh, these daffodils, please do. So we can do it together and just sort of bless you as we are in that act of worship because in our worship we want to honour you and for what you give and for what you do for all of us. So if you're able, please stand.
amazing love to us, that love that knows no boundaries. Father, may we be a people who in return love without boundaries, demonstrating your love, your grace, your mercy to all whom we come into contact with. Grant us the eyes this week as you send us out now into the world to our places of work, to our homes, to our communities. Grant us the eyes to see those opportunities where we can demonstrate your love. And may we take them and turn love, not just as a, a thought, but into an action. And may your grace, your strength, your peace go with us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Prayer ministry team will be over in the prayer place. Uh, if you want to have somebody to pray with you or just share with you uh, this morning. Tea and coffee will be served at the back. Men, please don't forget to sign up for uh, the breakfast and to look at the notice board at the back for the community fair. And have a, a good day and hope many of you will return this evening at 6.30. God bless you.